laughing? Sometimes. Sometimes. Are we lying? Always. Okay, so today we are going to be talking about a topic that we got a request about. <laughs> um, so we're going to be talking about the application process to law school um, with just like a bunch of different subtopics within that. Yeah. Uh, so do we want to start with where we applied slash like how many schools we applied to? Yeah, sure. Karen, you should start. Alrighty. Well, I applied to, obviously, Quinnipiac. <laughs> and then I also applied to UConn, UMass, Dartmouth, and Western New England. Okay. Um, I applied to eight schools, I think. Um, also UConn, also Western New England, uh, New England Law, Boston, Suffolk, St. John's, Hofstra, New York Law, and Quinnipiac. Yes. And I had no idea what I was doing, so I applied to 12. Um, so I applied to the University of Arizona, Boston College, University of Connecticut, Drexel, Gonzaga, New England Law Boston, University of New Hampshire, <laughs> Penn State, Villanova, Washington and Lee, University of Wisconsin, and Quinnipiac. Five hours later, Ashley is done saying what <laughs> just a few schools, to. handful. <laughs> just to explain the situation, nobody in my immediate family had gone to law school. I, of course, had never gone to law school. So my dad and I were like, "Why don't we increase the chances? <laughs> Throw our cards into the wind." So that's how I ended up with twelve schools. Wouldn't recommend. I remember I was only gonna apply to UConn and Quinnipiac at first when I was only like half into actually going to law school. (laughs) And then I like found somewhere that people were like, you should apply to like at least 15 law schools because like, because it's like a higher degree, like there's less of a chance that you're gonna get into them Mm -hmm. as opposed to like undergrad. And I was like, whoa. I should probably rethink this process. That person has a big application budget. I didn't apply to that many, but that kind of made me be like, oh, yeah, I probably should apply to more than two. But I don't, all of, not all of mine, but I think like maybe six out of eight like didn't have an application fee because of COVID. Yes, that did change. So that was a positive for applying in COVID times. I don't know if that'll still be a thing this year for anybody who's applying for yeah. next year, but they had that was helpful. the costs a bit. Yeah, I mean, if that's the case for anybody who's applying for next year, like, apply to more, because, yeah. like, yeah, you right. don't have to worry about the money, um, and then, like, it's definitely worth it to be applying to more if you don't have to pay for them. I would say really think about it, though, because as I started to receive, like, yeses or nos or wait lists, I was like, oh, I actually don't care about this school. <laughs> like, when it started to come back, it just, like, looked great on paper or whatever but when like I actually thought about like location or anything and it was a little different because I'd never literally been to the majority of like even closely to where my schools were um but when I like looked at it on a map or like really considered like actually living there I was like mm. if, you know if you don't care when you hear back like yeah. if you're not affected at all it's probably not a I great situation I guess that's situation. a sign I guess that's yeah. some, some narrows your list down a little bit yeah should we talk about like how we chose to apply where we applied or like what we were like looking for slash our process Mm. of finding the places to apply yeah 
Okay. Um, so having never been to where most of the schools that I applied, I used um, US News. So you can pay for like a year's long subscription and it would give you like literally every stat under the moon. Like you could like, if you're looking for a specific program, it would show you what that law school was ranked in that program, how much they gave out on scholarships. Typically, like you could look up literally every stat. It was actually pretty overwhelming. Um, so there was that. And then um, the LSAC has like a rough calculator. Like you can throw in your GPA and your LSAT score and it will tell you your average likelihood of getting into a school. So I combed through that list, cross-referenced with the US News list, and then I sort of had an idea of where I didn't want to go to school and worked from there. Like, sorry if this offends anyone, I knew I didn't want to end up in the South. I knew I probably didn't want to be in the Midwest. There's only a couple law schools in Washington State. If I was going to be in the Pacific Northwest, I'd be in Washington State, not Oregon. California is super expensive. That rules out the entire West Coast right there. <laughs> so I only applied to the one in Washington State, um, Gonzaga. And then... Casey forgot. Onward. That's where I'm from Washington from. State. <laughs> Just your, your average reminder. Your daily reminder. <laughs> um, so then I kind of worked from there. University of Wisconsin was kind of... Um, uh, a random one. Um, it was a reach. Um, and I do have some family in Wisconsin and Minnesota. Um, so it wasn't like totally out of the blue, but the rest of it, I kept to the East coast. Um, cause that's where I always wanted to end up. And then, um, university of Arizona was also a bit of a reach. Um, but my grandparents spent <clears throat> half the year in Arizona. So I was like, I could be close to them. So that's kind of how I worked through the process of like, where do I not want to be? what's left and then like searching through um neighborhoods <laughs> i did a lot of searching on google maps like where were these schools actually like living in a really expensive part of new york was not going to work like if i went somewhere like i don't know how you would say downtown new york because it's all <laughs> you know but like new york city like smack in the middle of new york like city Manhattan. yeah was not going to be affordable or feasible because mm -hmm. I don't know anyone over there and also could not afford it. So it kind of worked from there too. Like what is the cost? My dad pulled up websites. So you could look at crime rates. We were really going through, we had spreadsheets going. <laughs> That's what's important. <laughs> then you look at all the pictures and stuff and get excited about it. But like practically from like a COVID year and then not being able to like travel to every school that I wanted to look at was kind of how we did it. And I would say it worked out pretty well, like, I don't know, we could, like, comb through the neighborhoods, like, close to... I ended up being narrowed down to Yukon and Quinnipiac, and then was trying to find somewhere in between. And it's feasible, even if you're not able to visit. So I wouldn't say it's not possible, but... So you're just, like, mostly based on location at first? Yeah, but I wasn't narrowing it down to, like, a program or something like that. I was, though, looking at how many students were at each school. And I did want a smaller school. So I guess that's another way I narrowed it down to was kind of demographics. But yeah, I was mostly on the, all the spreadsheets clicking away. <laughs> Organized. <laughs> Which if you know me is not me. So it's <laughs> okay. So all right. So I have lived in the area of Quinnipiac for eight years now. And I have an apartment. Like I'm very established here. So I kind of didn't want to leave that. Um, so I was basing my 
decision off of where I already live. So I kept it either Quinnipiac or in the general vicinity of Quinnipiac, so basically Massachusetts. Um, and I really didn't want to move, and I do like Connecticut, and I can see myself practicing here, which you don't have to go to a school in the state where you practice, and I don't have any idea what I want to practice, like what sort of law I want to go into, so it didn't really matter to me what sort of concentration schools had, because I probably wasn't going to participate in that, so I kind of... I kind of approached it the same way I did undergrad and wanted sort of just like a school that had generally everything and see what I could pick and choose from. It was much shorter than mine. <laughs> well, you moved across the country, yeah. so I feel like there's a lot more that goes into that than like people going into the same state that they're from. Um, Take it away. Well, I mean, mine was like kind of complicated not as complicated as yours but like like I said before like my original plan was only to apply to two schools um and that was mostly because I originally definitely decided on law school based on UConn has a dual degree program um with a master's in social work and a JD and when I heard about that, I was still deciding whether I wanted to go into social work or law. And then I was like, oh, cool, I could do both. So I applied to UConn for that. And then I decided to look into whether other schools had that same program. Um, and Quinnipiac also did. So then I was like, okay, cool, both of these schools have that. I'll just apply to these two. And I will do that program if I get into one or both of them. But then I started doing more research about law schools and like I said before like someone was like apply to like 15 and I was like oh, oh my gosh. if I'm like really serious about like going to law school I really should apply to more than two because what if I don't get into <laughs> either one of them because <laughs> um, I really just didn't know <clears throat> like what the chances were of getting in anywhere I feel like when you're going into college you have a better idea of, like, I'm gonna get into, like, yeah. these places. Or, like, I'm gonna get in at all. Like, based on, like, how you did in high school. But for law schools, it's, like, hard to know. Also, we were applying in, sort like, during COVID and hoping to be post-COVID. So mm. we figured, or at least I did, that the number of applications would soar. Yeah. And yeah, we yeah, were yeah. so That's right true. about that. Like, it, mm -hmm. I don't know the how the percentage of the number of applications went up, but I know it was a really high year for people yeah. applying to law school. Yeah. yeah, so I had no idea what the chances were, so I was like, all right, realistically, I should apply to more than two. Um, <clears throat> so then I kind of did like what you did, Cam, and just was like, all right, I won't look at places that are too, too far from home or from somewhere that I know and like where I know people. So I applied to just places in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and New York. I mean, I knew pretty much all along that I didn't want to go out of state, mm -hmm. but there was periods, like, in there where I thought, oh, but, like, like you, Ashley, like, I was like, this is my chance. Like, this yeah. is a chance that's, like, being handed to me to go somewhere else. Um, so it was tempting, especially like if I got a lot of scholarship money from a particular yeah. school, I was like, okay, well now if I'm not paying as much to go to the school, like I probably have more money to like move to that place. Yeah. But I still just was like, okay, it's going to be hard enough transitioning to law school, like let alone moving to a new place, especially like my only other options were major cities. Yeah. Um, and I have lived in New York before, but like 
I don't know, I just felt so comfortable here and I was like, and also my parents were like, we will buy you a car if you <laughs> go somewhere that's like, that's like a long drive from home. So I was like, hmm, stay at home and get a car or go like somewhere else and have maybe more fun, but also be spending like more money yeah. and not getting a car. So I was like, okay, I'm just gonna like stay home and go to Quinnipiac. Um, so yeah, but I mean, I definitely did base it a lot on location originally, like location just deciding if there was anywhere else that I was like, I would like to live in this place and it would be easier to do it now than it will mm -hmm. like down the road. Mm -hmm. um, but like you said, Cam, like you don't have to practice in the state that you went yeah. to law school, so you can up and move right after law school too. Um, but for me, I just was like, I think my plan is going to be to practice in the state that I go to school mm -hmm. in, just because then you're more likely if you get an internship during school that's going to turn into a job, like, then you don't have to think, oh, well, shoot, I wanted to move after school. Like, you can just be like, oh, okay, cool, I'll just take that job and stay yeah. in this state. Yeah, that definitely was a consideration. We're like, are you going to be able to, like, still, like, come home and practice? And, like, we literally read cases from Washington State. We yeah. read cases from Kentucky. We read cases from Missouri. Like, and it's not all Connecticut-based. Right. And we're not learning Connecticut specific no. laws Anything. or rules or everything's just federal so it really just doesn't matter and that's like every well I'm not gonna say every school because I do know my mom has said about I think St. John's specifically that they like teach to the the New York bar exam mm -hmm. so like I think there are some schools and you mm -hmm. might have to like if you're looking for that like do your research into specific schools on how they teach to get you to pass the bar because some schools are going to focus a little bit on their state's law mm -hmm. but the bar is also mostly federal anyway right I'm pretty sure it is Would, I wouldn't be the person so <laughs> <laughs> so ask us so, yeah. in two years the majority of schools you are going to mostly learn federal law so yeah it doesn't matter that yeah. much I forgot a point in my uh, how I decided where to apply and it was just the fact that Ashley mentioned before that I was looking into family law well I guess I kind of talked about this since I talked about like the social work program um, but when I decided to branch out and apply to other law schools that didn't have that dual degree I was looking for places that had like a concentration in family law or a clinic specific to family law just like anything about the schools that were even sort of tailored to that area of law um, and it ended up that everywhere I applied like did have something that had to do with it um, so that's a thing that I recommend if you're not sure where to start is like if you have any idea at all of an area that you're interested in like you're not committing to that area by yeah. applying to schools mm, that it's have not like picking a major yeah like <laughs> but at least you'll have that option so once you get in and you do think that that's something you're still into like you have those options mm -hmm. but also like that's not gonna tie you down no. because anywhere you go like you'll be able to do that kind of law yeah. Despite whether they have a concentration or any sort of thing about it, because you can find an internship right. or some sort of experience that has that thing. Yeah. So I wouldn't like have it completely like restrain you, but 
it is helpful. Like I found it helpful as far as like looking for places to even apply because I was like, well, I can filter it by family law types yeah. of things. Yeah. And like, no matter what you're leaving law school with, you know, no matter what experience you had during law school, you're still entering the working world, sort of not knowing what the heck you're doing. So whether you go into a job where you had an internship or you're going into a job in a new field, like you're still the newbie and you're still going to be learning and learning from your mistakes. And so, yeah. And you still have a JD. Yes. And you still pass the bar, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> a JD so is a JD. everybody is at the same level coming out. Exactly. So I would like to add, I definitely was like, because I had like all these resources to like filter schools, <laughs> I would say I'm definitely one of those people who got like caught up in like ranking. Your law school literally has a number. It has a number based on like how good it is in the grand scheme of things. And that's not something I looked at um, for undergrad. And so I would say like it was hard for me to kind of like look through schools and have it literally have a number mm. attached to it. Mm. And like it's hard to separate that, I guess, from like your overall like who you are yeah and like I would just say that as like a side note of like a JD is a JD yeah I mean don't go to an unranked school or like a horribly ranked school maybe depending on what you want yeah, to do or what your basement. plan is <laughs> but like if it's if it's ABA accredited and it's it has a ranking then you're fine because you have a JD and plenty of places are going to be like cool you're great yeah. you're what we want we want like, you yeah um, I know everyone who takes the LSAT then gets bombarded by all the LSAC. I still get emails. so many emails and I'm like, people, <laughs> I'm already in school. I'm not going to your school. <laughs> Shout out to the <laughs> University of Nebraska who just won't give up on me. Oh. Love you too. But I'm already going to law school. But I know Jen and I fell in the trap of like this one school who we won't name. This one school who's unranked, if I'm right. Correct. They're either unranked or they're like super duper low. Cause there's also like a couple different rankings. They were fourth tier, which means they didn't have a number. Like it would just tell you they're in this range. But, but I do remember there was like number. one ranking list that they had like a <laughs> hundred ninety something. Like I don't yeah. know. They were like they had a number, but they were like low. Um, yeah. And well, are you you tell the sure. rest of it? <laughs> so they. They would send emails, like every law school is sending emails, like once you take the LSAT, your inbox is never free. Um, but they kept emailing and they were like, based on your scores and everything, like we can almost guarantee you, I don't know if they said a full ride or just like a gigantic scholarship. Well, uh, that was one of my like original schools I applied to. So I didn't apply because they said we'll give you a scholarship. Mm -hmm. I just applied because it was in Boston and I was doing a lot of schools yeah. in Boston. And so like when I got my acceptance, they were like full ride. And I was like, that wasn't the first place I got a full ride. So I wasn't like super shocked by it, but I was like, wow, another one. Oh my gosh, cool. And then I was seriously thinking about going there. And when I started to do more research, when I had narrowed it down to like there and Quinnipiac, basically, the amount of people I found online that were like, this school just needs people to go to it. Like they were yeah. like, I got a full ride and I got a full ride and I got a full ride. That's and like, scary. They just hand them out because they need people to go there. Yeah. I don't really remember how we got on this topic. Well, what was the point? Because I was getting the email... <laughs> 
and my dad and I like showed my dad a couple times because I was like I was proud you yeah. know like they're offering full ride, baby. a full ride that's a big deal like law school is expensive and he was like you should just apply and I was like okay sure and so I applied and I did get it but I didn't like find the forms of people saying like don't go there which if I did then it would have like really really sealed the deal but I did like the online tour and kind of looked at where it was and I was like maybe not because again like it's if you're hearing back and you're not even excited, you shouldn't go there. Of course, money is like a consideration, like law school is expensive, like scholarships play a role in that. But like, if you're gonna be like miserable for the, the next three years, like law school's already hard. Yeah. You don't yeah. wanna combine like a bad location <laughs> or a bad school or like just something you're not excited about. You wanna like, minimize yeah. how bad it is. And also, I think like, Maybe it's a little different from undergrad, but you should be, like, proud of where you go to school. Like, yeah. there should still be some school pride there. Yeah. You shouldn't opinion. be, like, embarrassed when you to tell say. people, like, where you go. Here, yeah, we're right near Yale. But, like, I don't feel embarrassed to be like, oh, yeah, I go to Quinnipiac. Right. Like, as opposed to Yale. Or, like, yeah. you know, like, even if we are going up against people from Yale, I'm not... It doesn't make me feel any lesser than them to say that I go to Quinnipiac. No. So, like, yeah, like you said, like, I think it's really important to feel, like, proud and be able yeah. to say, like, I go here and not be like, yeah, I go here. I mean, <laughs> I'm pretty much a walking billboard for Quinnipiac at all times, so. I only own Quinnipiac clothing. I don't wear anything else. So, like, I'm, I'm the proudest. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. It's going to be the next three years of your life, and, like, going to law school is, like, an incredible achievement, so that should all together be, like, a really positive experience, yes. not a negative one, but... I will definitely be hanging my diploma in my office. Oh, for sure. And the biggest frame, confetti, <laughs> balloons, confetti. like every time someone looks at the diploma, yeah. confetti will pop out. Yeah, of it. you'll <laughs> you'll know where I went to school. Yes, they should. <laughs> All right, so now we're going to talk about the LSAC and our application process. And I know, um, I think Ashley mentioned the LSAC before. But it's the Law School Advisory Council? Admission Council. Admission Council? Yep. <laughs> you said, I'm going to say what it stands for. <laughs> and I don't even know. Um, and it's, so, it, it's the website where you sign up for the LSAT and you do all your law school applications. It becomes your best friend. Yeah. For a few months and then Maybe you forget like about friendly. it once you're in, in yeah. law school. The best friend that makes you fork over hundreds of dollars for stuff that is literally just sent over the internet. You have to pay, what, like $200 just to have an LSAC account? Just for it to compile your materials, which, you know, someone's, a rep is going to have to explain that to me because compiling your materials is something I could do by putting it on a folder on my desktop. Hmm. I'm also pretty sure that it's artificial intelligence. Yep. So who are we paying to compile our materials? So that's, and then you have to pay, was that the flat fee of $50 or was that the varying fee to have it then sent those materials each time you send it to It was college? 15 per application. I tried to block it out, so. Too much money, kids. <laughs> Too much money is going down the drain. Get ready to flush away hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Yes. Anyway, uh, the LSAC. Yes, the LSAC. That's where you apply to all your colleges. Well, yeah, that's where you like fill out the application, which is pretty much like the Common App for undergrad. Each one, like, will just fill automatically with all the same information mm -hmm. that you put onto any of the other ones. 
Um, so even though you're not only filling out one application, you're basically filling it out one time. Yeah. Um, That's where you add all your schools so you can see like a holistic list of where you're applying and then you click on that and then you can see if they have like an additional essay. Like it's, it's like when you were applying on like a college undergrad's website and they would have all that on their website. Yeah, College Board. I believe. Mm. Don't even remember. I think that's the website. Um, But yeah, and then it'll have like a check mark when you're done or it'll like say Mm -hmm. the percentage that your application is finished or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it is like a really good way to keep it all organized. All in one place, yeah. Not worth 200 something dollars, but you know, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Um, So yeah, that's where you, every school is going to need a personal statement, at least one. Some of them ask for like other essay type things. Um, And then varying numbers of letters of recommendation, um, your LSAT score, uh, your transcript, and I think that's it, right? As far as, like, and then obviously the application. Right. But I think that's all of, like, the sub... Yeah, always. Um, That's all of, like, the supplemental materials. Mm -hmm. So we're going to kind of go through each of them and, like, just talk about different things within each, like supplemental material which is fun because i don't think i've even heard everyone's personal statement topic so Eep. Eep. i enjoyed writing a personal statement that was probably the most like exciting mm. part of hot take the application i, I need to like look at mine i think it's on google drive oh my god because genuinely out. like i only remember like my general very general topic i don't mm. remember actually what i wrote <laughs> You want to go first? Yeah, I was between sort of two topics. I kind of wanted to tie it into running because that's obviously one of something that's very important to me. But I ended up writing about how in seventh grade, um, my parents and I took a trip to New York City and our car was broken into and all our stuff was stolen. Oh my so, God. Yeah, it was pretty traumatizing. Um, so I, I talked about, you know, how... I was really upset at the time and wanted justice for what happened to us and not necessarily justice against the person who did it, but just sort of justice for the people who were wronged and I never wanted to see that happen to other people. Uh, So that was my motivation to go to law school and help others and it was like a memory that I hadn't thought about in a while and I enjoyed writing about it, you know, as sad and upsetting as it was. was freeing to like let it out again. Yeah. I was also between a couple of topics for undergrad. Because um, I mean, you have to do a personal statement for, I think, was it for all undergrad colleges or maybe it was depending upon the college? I have no idea. I had to write a personal statement. Um, and I wrote about um, my parents' divorce for that one. So I was between, I was like, I could do something like that again. Um, but I ended up deciding on doing it about how I started a photography business, um, in college and kind of just about like how much effort that took, like yada, yada, yada. Um, and just like how that showed that I had like the stamina and the perseverance to make that happen and I could make law school happen and kind of tied it together and whatnot. It, it is really hard to write a personal statement. I don't like writing about myself mm. in yeah. that way of like, you're trying to sell yourself, right? You know? Yeah. So it's vulnerable wasn't... sometimes if you're talking about something so serious and you're mm-hmm. having like a whole law school board read something so 
personal. Yeah. It's also very short. Yes. Yeah. It's not a lot of pages to get all that out. But, Jen, what did you write about? Um, well, now that I'm looking back <laughs> at it, well, I did different ones depending on, like, the school because um, since Quinnipiac and UConn had the dual degree program, like, I wrote about that. But for other schools, like, I didn't mm-hmm. write about that. Um, so for Quinnipiac and UConn, I wrote a lot about, like, the combination of social work and law and, like, how I sort of got into being interested in both of those things. Um, and then I wrote a lot about, like, what I think are my strengths that would make me good in family law, but then I also, like, touched on weaknesses because Mm -hmm. I was, like, like you said, like, it's hard to write about yourself and, like, sell yourself completely, like, in a good light because, like, you see your flaws. So, like, I'm not going to write, like, I suck. Like, I'm not going to write things that are, like, (laughs) that are, like, I'm terrible, but, like, I thought that it was a good idea to, like, touch on, like, things that I think might be, like, a barrier to Mm -hmm. being in a certain type of law or law at all Um, because I think that is also a strength to be able to recognize your weaknesses so like it might be a good idea to like include some things that like aren't great about yourself um that's a good point and then like I did talk about how my dance studio I think like got me interested in social work which I had never even like thought about this but then I was just sitting down one day and I was like why do I want to do social work like I was like I know I'm interested in it I know like my major of human development and family sciences like made me be interested in like interpersonal relationships and stuff but I was like where did this actually come from um and I realized that like I had a lot of friends from dance specifically like not from school because I always went to schools that were like mostly like well-off people that had like families that were together you know like I never had like friends at school that were like having home struggles but I had a lot of friends at dance that like their parents were like in jail or like into drugs like there was a lot of family struggles that I saw like through that and so I learned like through those other people what those things were like and what they were experiencing and I learned that I was like coming from such a privileged like family and environment and I was like I just want to actually do something to help these kinds of people like I don't want it to be enough that I just saw it or I just know that it exists like I want to be like making a difference in these kind of lives so that is like what made me interested in social work and then led me to like family law um so that's mostly what I wrote about when I was like I want to do both of these things and I think they're very like interconnected um so yeah that was kind of like a long tangent, but well, I would accept you into my law school based oh, on thank you so your much. presentation. <laughs> yes. thank You're you. in. Thank you. <laughs> oh, the other thing that I just wanted to like quickly note is I'm pretty sure that they called the personal statement letter of intent because that's what it's like named in my Google Drive. Interesting. So if it is that, just know that's what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. It might not be actually school. called personal statement, but. And then yeah, it a, is a personal statement. Yeah, <laughs> I had a couple other schools who were like, give us another essay on why you specifically want to be at the school, mm. or a lot of my applications had like, you had to write short answers about why this school, or like, you know, all, all this kind of stuff, so it might be supplemental, but mostly it was like... Yeah, I think the the UConn, I think it was the social work, not the law, but they had like a bunch of specific questions. So I think I based all my other 
personal statements off of those questions because I wrote that one first because I was like, oh, they're asking me like actual things. And then I already had all this material. So I was like, okay, all the things that can transfer to other schools, I'll just transfer those to my mm-hmm. other personal statements. Kill um, a few birds with one exactly. stone. Exactly. Because not all of them have like specific questions. Yeah. Sometimes they're just like a letter of intent or a personal statement. And then it's like some ideas are like why you want to become a lawyer or like whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Also look closely. Some of them do have different word counts mm. or page limits. So yeah. And that's all on the LSAC yeah. application. And make sure if you're using the same essay, but addressing it to a school that you change a school's <laughs> name and not yeah. um, apply to UConn and use your Quinnipiac essay. Yeah. Not speaking from experience, okay. but just, like, no, no, no. Yeah. Like read through <laughs> yeah, it every time you're going to submit it to a school. Use to your make fine sure. tooth comb. Yeah, exactly. Or have like, uh, also probably have other people read yes. it if you're comfortable um, and ask them to like spot any issues like that or whatever, give you feedback. Um, also a plug to Grammarly, big help, and in law school, not sponsored, but, but maybe, <laughs> but maybe <laughs> if you're listening someday. <laughs> okay. Um, another thing we wanted to touch on, uh, letters of recommendation, do as many as they allow. Yeah. You only get like a few chances to sell yourself. Like that's like your personal statement, but like letters of rec, just like only strengthen. Well, if you chose the right people. Yeah. Only strengthen your I mean, hopefully don't submit it if it's not going to strengthen your application. <laughs> like, actually, I hate this person. <laughs> um, but, like, it just helps sell you as, like, someone that they want. Mm-hmm. Like, your personal statement can only do so much, especially because it's you writing about you. Like, of yeah. course, you're mostly yeah, going to yeah, say yeah. good things. <laughs> um, so if they allow five, do five. Like, find as many people as you can. Like, I used a professor I'd had multiple semesters, and then I used... Um, my boss's boss at work. So I had three letters of recommendation. And so I've been out of school, obviously, for a few years. Um, but I still have really good relationships with two of my professors. So I felt comfortable asking them. And, and they still know I'm in, involved in Quinnipiac undergrads program and want to go to law school. So I had, a, I had a very good enough relationship where I, I was lucky enough to ask them after so many years. Um, and then, obviously, my boss. Mm-hmm. I think I also had three. Well, I had like some different ones for the master's program, so it's kind of all jumbled up in my head at this point. But <laughs> I know one of them was the professor that I had for the um, the law class I took in undergrad, because she also has a master's in social work and a JD. So when I told her that I wanted to do that, I was like, "This is good that she'll know like whether I would actually be successful in that type of program." Um, and also she knew, like, my, like, writing that was geared towards law as opposed to, like, other professors I had that didn't know that. Um, and then I got another professor, and I could not tell you the third one. <laughs> I don't remember. That's how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, well, one point I did want to make about this is, like, if you know any alumni from a certain school that you want to go to, like, well enough that they could write you a letter of recommendation, like, ask them to do it. Because that's probably, like, the best person you can get is someone who went to that law school and, like, they're recommending you to go there. I didn't do that, but, like, my family did know a lot of UConn, UConn law graduates, and so, like, I was like, yeah, I should probably get one of them to write me one. 
so that they can say like I went through this program and she could also make it through this program um, so yeah if you have that opportunity like maybe seriously consider doing that someone who has seen like your work ethic and your work like I chose a professor who had seen me for multiple semesters in different classes and who also taught me for my thesis class so he had seen me write like we didn't have a legal skills program at Gonzaga so he had, but he had seen me write a 20 plus page paper with all the research involved in that um, and then I chose my boss who had seen me work in that job at school for three years you know someone who actually like sees you day to day and maybe it would also look good if it's like someone you've known for a while so like it's not just like oh now I'm getting to know you because I want a letter of rec from you mm. oh yeah yeah like not just pulling names that sound you know like oh it's like the so-and-so of this department like someone who actually knows you yeah, and it's going to be embarrassing if you ask someone for a letter of recommendation that then comes back to you with, like, I don't know you well enough. Or, like, turns yeah. you down because you're only asking them for, like, their credentials. Yeah. Not for how they know you, you yes. know? I mean, I did have at least, I think, two. I do remember my last one was one of my bosses. <laughs> um, but I think both professors, they asked me for, like, my resume and they like they mm -hmm. asked me for supplemental materials just to like so that they could bring in other things that I had done yeah. but it's not like they needed those things because they didn't know me no. <laughs> but like if you get someone who like you know they're asking for information because they don't know you well enough like maybe that's not the best person and you should try to find somebody different that like yeah even if they don't have like they're not as impressive looking on paper like it's going to be more impressive in a letter if they know you better right, as yeah. opposed to someone who looks impressive but doesn't know you enough to like really speak to your abilities. Also like as someone who had not even done like an internship or anything related to like the legal field I definitely felt like inadequate applying with like you know because you you submit a resume as well and I was like okay well you know I've worked at the YMCA worked at shout out to iris fish bar hey you know like some other places and i was like none of this has to do with law but at the end of the day like it doesn't have to also maybe it was a special case because of covid but so i never even got to see what it would be like to work in like a legal capacity and i would say i don't think it counted against me in my uh, yeah i don't think they really care especially because they're always saying you don't have to do anything in undergrad related to law to get into law school like which is something I wish they had said because Gonzaga doesn't have a legal skills department, but we had like a pre-law advisor and like mm. it felt like political science was like the track you had to take. Yeah. But I didn't enjoy those classes. Yeah. But it took me a while to gain like the confidence to be like, because I don't like it, it's going to be a minor. It's not going to be a double major anymore. Yeah, that's good. But yeah, in case, to any of our listeners, nobody has said this to you, you can be any major in undergrad and Literally. still go to law school, and you don't have to have any law experience or any law internships. Like, no, I took a singular class related to law in undergrad, which, like, nobody could even tell that from my application unless they combed through my transcript, which I'm pretty sure they didn't. Um, and your so, classmates yeah. didn't. Like, so I like, didn't I have anything, like, on my application that was, like, I had done anything related to law before. And, like, I'm still here at a pretty good law school, like, doing great. Honestly, I feel, I've already told you guys this, I feel like my history degree has come in handy way, way, way more times than anything I ever learned in political science. Because, like, that's, like, all the background for what we're learning. Like, you're opening up an 1841 case. Well, what happened in 1841? Right. 
my history degree is actually what like helps me get a background on that versus like what I don't know what my political science degree has brought me besides pain in undergrad besides pain <laughs> like if I'm being honest like, have fun with it do what you want to yeah. do like I don't know if you want to do like environmental science or something like that like there are people who did like every sort of degree here yeah, especially if you, like, are pretty sure going into undergrad that you want to go to law school. Like, don't tailor your undergrad experience to no. law school just because you know you want to do law school. Like, do what you're going to find interesting because, yeah. like, then it's not going to be as painful getting through those four years <laughs> to get to the point that you want to be at if you're doing yeah. something that you like. And if that is something related to it, great. Extra points for you. Yeah, if you love political science and you love law go ahead and do political science as your major, but if you love oh, art God. and you love law, <laughs> yeah. do art. Like, you can still get into law school. Yeah. I would just say it did help me the fact that I have written, like, longer research papers and done, like, research and stuff. But then again, like, literally our citation style is different, so never going to probably use Chicago style again, or at least not for a long time. Yeah. But, like... And legal research is a lot different, but, like, I can say I've thrown together a 22-page paper. Like, I don't know. Maybe that just makes me feel good inside. Who knows if it'll be applicable? Well, I mean, it might just give you a little bit more confidence in writing longer things or in writing in general that yeah. you have written. Even if it's, like, a different kind of writing, it gives you a little bit more, like, oh, well, I know that I can, like, do this. Yeah. Whereas someone who's not used to writing as much might be a little bit more, like, Ooh, you know, yeah. but but that doesn't mean um, you can't do it. It just no. means it might be a little bit more difficult than someone that's used to writing a lot. Yeah. So essentially, do what you want. You can always. There really isn't any lost ground because I was like, oh, you can make up for lost ground. There's not any. You're fine. Everyone's shocked, terrified. <laughs> Okay, so this has been longer than we anticipated. Um, <laughs> Is so anyone surprised? We did not touch on the LSAT, which uh, obviously is a huge part of the application process, um, and it does require like studying and preparation. Um, so we are going to do a different episode about the LSAT, our experiences studying, taking it, um, all that stuff. So yeah, I guess that wraps up our application process slash yeah. schools. Thanks for listening. Thank you. For listening. Thank you. Appreciate you. Yes, as always. Love you.